Hi, I'm Britton LaRue, and this is Moon to Moon. Moon to Moon is a space to consider, celebrate, and share the ways we come home to ourselves, anchor through change, and uncover our power. One month, one phase, one loving step at a time. Dear Moon to Moon listener, it is Britain, and I'm recording this under the dark Aries moon. The moon is currently at eight degrees of Aries, and tomorrow night we will have another new moon in Aries. So as I sit here to record a dark moon episode that culls the wisdom, that is swollen with the insights of this past lunar cycle that began at zero Aries. I'm also holding the truth that we're about to have another Aries cycle that will initiate at 29, the last degree of Aries. We don't often have new moons in the same sign back to back. This happens every now and then because there's 28 days in the lunar cycle, but 30 days of the sun moving through a sign. So it's not even. And so now and then uh, the sun and the moon come together in a new moon at the very, very, very beginning of a sign, like it did this last cycle in Aries, such that when the moon the moon goes through all the signs and then comes back to the sun, and the sun is still in that sign. So then when, when this happens, we have two new moons in the same sign. So for months and months now, We've had new moons towards the very beginning of a lunar cycle, uh, of a sign season. So like the sun goes into a sign and then somewhere in the first week, we've had our new moon in that sign. And now starting with this coming Aries new moon, the sun will move into Taurus the day after the new moon in Aries. And so we're in a lunar cycle initiated by, by a sign followed by the sun being in the next sign for the whole of the, the, the remaining of that lunar cycle. So there's something that's going to be potent for the months ahead where all of our new moons are going to be in one sign and then this, we're in now then suddenly in the sign season of the following sign. And what this feels like to me usually is that we're being invited to learn things about the bridge between those two signs. So starting with this coming lunar cycle, I imagine we are going to be learning a lot about the bridge. Like what is the nature, what is the essence of the relationship between Aries and Taurus? And then the new moon in Taurus will, will happen at the very end of Taurus season. And so then we're going to be in a lunar cycle then where we're really feeling into the relationship, the essence of the connection between Taurus and Gemini and so on. And I find these really exciting zones for contemplation and growth and awareness um, I don't know what it will be like yet because we're not living it yet, (laughs) but I'm naming this in case saying that supports you in the weeks to come as you are in a lunar cycle initiated in Aries while the sun is moving through Taurus. And what you may find is 
that you're having a lot of experiences that speak to the energetics of the relationship between Aries and Taurus. Taurus had to be the sign that followed Aries. It had to be. What is the nature of that? Like, what are the qualities, the the felt experiences associated with what these two signs do with each other? How do they need each other? How do they challenge one another? How do they dance with one another? These will be things I think we're going to be thinking a lot about. And today we are at the end of what has been a lunar cycle that began right um, at the start of the spring season that began right after the sun crossed into Aries, which we also call the equinox. And I mean, it is just a whole new world, is it not? I mean, right after that new moon, Pluto moved into Aquarius. Mars left Gemini, where it's been since August, and moved into Cancer, where it still is. And we're still like stabilizing with the shift of Saturn to Pisces, which happened during Pisces season. And it's just a lot, <laughs> like a lot has changed. The, but this is also spring, you know? This is also spring. Like, whoa, four weeks ago. That was like a really long time ago, it feels like. <laughs> We're in this other thing, and I don't fully know what it is, but I know that it feels different, and that's enough. So when I sat down to feel into this, what I was hearing was, we are not done with Aries. I mean, that's, this is the cosmic invitation that we, we got a lot going with understanding and lighting up Aries in ourselves and we're not done yet. And so it's like, to me, it feels like this swelling of insights that's present is, is really important to be with because we're still going to be maturing it out over the coming lunar cycles since the next lunar cycle also begins in Aries. We began this last lunar cycle with baby Aries. (laughs) Zero Aries is baby. It's like super baby (laughs) because it's not only zero Aries, it's the zero of the Zodiac, you know? It's zero of the zodiacal year. That's what we're closing right now. That's what this dark moon is is looking back on. So how did that go for you? What has shifted for you in the last four weeks since the spring equinox initiated. And if you're listening to this out in the future from this recording, you can feel into even broader view then of what has shifted for you since the spring equinox of 2023. When we had this really rare deal of having a zero degrees new moon and then a 29 degrees new moon, both in the same sign of Aries, the first sign of the zodiac initiating the year. What this says to me is that Aries is really important for 2023. We got to start strong. (laughs) Like, let's get this beginning off. And since I have this perspective of astrology that's always asking, like, what is the... What is the healing invitation? Like, what is the repair invitation? What is the expansive invitation? 
Um, I, I want to help myself and help you listener feel into this deeply to help ground us in like our sincere desire to be listening to what the cosmic invitation is calling us into. So one of the things that came through for me the night or the day, I, I just don't even remember now, of the new moon, I, I did a tarot spread with myself and did some listening with my guidance. And what came through that I wrote down, I did this right at the exact new moon, I wrote, um, the consequence of self-care, protect, which is protecting your sun, S-U-N, as in your, your solar light, your spirit self. The consequence of self-care, of protecting your sun, is facing someone else's reaction to your boundaries. The consequence of self-care, protecting your son, is facing someone else's reaction to your boundaries. And um, what I was feeling into is this idea that like, that was a new moon where the ruler of the moon, Mars, was finishing its time in Gemini where it had been and experienced a retrograde, which only happens every two years since it had been there since August. So we were like really full of Mars and Gemini wisdom at the time of the last new moon. And as you may know, I'm, I refer to that Mars retrograde as uh, this is a directness practice. Learning how to be direct in our speech with other people so that they can know who they're dealing with and that you can be honest with your truth. And it was about growing our capacity to handle how other people respond to that truth so that we can grow in the ability to just let have their let people have their reaction without us needing to protect them from our truth or like coddle them caretake their feelings about it like what if our truth is just our truth and it's not inherently bad even if the consequence of that truth, which is the consequence of self-care, stay, saying your truth is self-care. So the consequence of self-care, speaking your truth, not being, uh, not having goodness or badness related to how that lands on someone, you know? That it just is. Your truth just is. And if someone doesn't like it, that doesn't mean that your truth is bad. <laughs> and like, at some part of me, like, I get this, right? And then we can have other parts of us, namely our child parts, our younger selves, who very much got the message that there was something bad about um, what our truth was, because clearly it has this like, quote unquote, bad effect on somebody else. Right. And this is tied to Aries's ruler being what we call a malefic in astrology. Malefic meaning, um, like from the root mal meaning bad, uh, hard, difficult. 
And so the malefic planets, Mars and Saturn, tend to bring experiences that we humans call not good, you know? And from my perspective, all the planets love us very, very much. And so I'm always thinking about turning towards the malefics to learn from them and understand how cultural conditioning has made me confused about what good and bad are. (laughs) And like, what actually is the very loving thing that Mars the malefic teaches me and us, you know? And in this case, we've been learning something about how people's reactions to our boundaries, to our preferences, to our no, I don't want to do that, to like, this is me doing the thing that I want to do, how people's reactions aren't actually um, a signal that there was something wrong with it, with our truth, you know, and how liberating that can be. But the, the inner practice is about building capacity to trust that um, we can let other people have their own experiences of us. And um, that in practicing, enacting that kind of Mars-like energy that Aries has as a fire version of Mars, Mars imparts upon Aries its qualities as the ruler of Aries. So the Aries fire can feel pokey to people who are like, you are giving me your fire right now and I don't like it, you know? Now, of course, there are times when Aries fire can be quite belligerent, violent, oppressive, and hurtful to other people. Aries can be... um, Aries can be uh, inflicting. It can like actually harm. And so for me, this project of this last month of unveiling this framework, Unshaming the Signs, and being in hot promo energy uh, to draw people to Unshaming the Signs Aries, which was middle of the cycle... I'm aiming to have these always like around the full moon or or meaning like of the sign season. So like the middle of a sign season, no matter when the actual full moon moon is, I should say it like that. But in this case, the full moon was in the middle of the cycle. Um, I mean, this season. Um, Like for me, being able to be inside unshaming the signs for a sign promo allows me to like be like really lit up with that sign, like letting it run through my system really intensely and feeling the ways that we like don't want to, don't want to let it in or like we don't want to feel it or we don't want to open ourselves to it. Because we don't think we um, can protect ourselves and other people, because we don't trust ourselves, because we don't think that we can differentiate like good from bad, because we um, think that we don't deserve to have that sign energy move through us, because we don't identify it and we project it onto other people who we think have it and we say to ourselves that we don't. There are all the things that we do to not run that sign through us in a vibrant, alive, empowered, inspirational, healing way because we carry shame around that sign in ourselves. 
And uh, it was just... I just really enjoyed that. Um, I mean, this is what I've been doing with the signs in my body for a long time now. Um, And if you haven't listened to my Unshaming the Signs podcast episode, which is the last one, I'm inviting you to do that. And then um, if you didn't make it to Unshaming the Signs Aries, I'm inviting you to do that ASAP. (laughs) I don't know why you haven't done it yet. (laughs) And you don't need to know why, because remember that I say, why is not an alchemical question. The question rather is like, what in you is preventing you or blocking you or where is it? What is the nature of the resistance to you not inviting in the experience of unshaming the signs Aries? If you're a moon to moon listener, right? Like, cause I can see it being like, well, I just don't really like or resonate with the way you teach Britain. <laughs> That's cool. I'm not here for everyone. But if you're a listener of moon to moon, presumably you resonate with my teachings. And I'm really inviting you to let this in, right? It's completely legitimate. I respect you feeling around the resistance would be that you don't know that you have the capacity to look at their shame, you know? And if that is the case, uh, I'm validating that intuition and respecting it. Yeah, because this is some seriously opening, shifting, um, offering that I have, um, for you. Because unshaming actually changes your life and what changes internally will constellate a desire for external change. And many sometimes we just don't have the capacity for a lot of external change to get um, catalyzed, you know? But it's there for you and I'm not taking it down. So when you do feel ready, if you do feel ready in the coming year, this is what you just, you will know where to find it. Okay. But, um, Aries is just so important. Like I probably, I know I'm always saying like, I just don't know if maybe this is the most important sign, (laughs) but like, this is the beginning. Like, this is sign number one. Let's build from the foundation. Like, let's build it out from the beginning with this openness to receiving what the sign is wanting us to receive, you know? And what's really important to think about, and this was coming through in the first few days of the, of the new moon as I was feeling into like, okay, Aries is ruled by this malefic planet Mars. It's this part of us that's like, uh, Aries is going to it's going to be called too much, especially for some of us female-bodied folks who like maybe were cultured in spaces where we were taught to be like demure or um, submissive or like, don't be a bitch. Um, Don't, you don't, you know, you don't need to like be so driven because that's like unappealing or unattractive is the, is the conditioning. And I'm from Texas. So like, really hardcore I got these messages even though I went to a an all-girls school that was like all about female empowerment and like you could be president one day I was also at the same time being cultured to be a damsel in distress and to like locate a, a partnership that would protect me from 
um, the indignity of going out there and getting my food myself. (laughs) Can you tell that I have a little anger around this? I fucking do. And Aries is also about rightful rage and just like the fucking pisses me off. And I would like breathe fire in anyone that tries to bring that conditioning near my daughters. Like seriously. (laughs) But you know what? Now I don't have to because they can do it for themselves because they understand. Praises to new generations with different things they are working on than my generation's work. So, (sighs) embodying our Aries is like this vibe of I don't need a hero, you know, like I'm the hero. And this is a deeply like contested zone right in this moment because in our fucking rage and sick and tired of this like white male hero stuff and the like, um, this idea that like the special one, this like Jesus, you know, this like unique individual is going to save everybody, you know? We are learning that we want each other and that the world is completely relational and, like, we don't have to be out as these, like, maverick frontiersmen trying to take everything on ourselves so that we can be the hero, you know? Yes, deep unlearning. And there is an uh, there is an intelligence, there is a wisdom to this idea of the heroic in oneself that inspires you and motivates you and gets you really excited about your life. Because like at some level you are relying on yourself to bring that fire to the world, you know? So I'm not talking old paradigm hero. I'm talking like a a healed paradigm where I want your hero. I want your hero. I want your hero. I want your hero. I bring my hero. Let's bring our heroes and collectively, what could we do? This kind of like, I can trust myself because I know how to speak my truth and hold my boundaries. I can trust myself because I am not ashamed of how bright my fire is and how my excitement is for my heroic journey, you know? And this is where the grief is, is in all of this confusion, you know? We have so many examples of how power is so distorted. We have so many examples of single figures being dominant and violent and destructive. But the Aries I'm calling on for us here is an Aries that is able to hold personal power, trusting in its inherent goodness and desire to be a support interpersonally and collectively in this world that comes through being very intimate and loving and compassionate with your personal power. And part of that is malefic. Because... Many of us are moving, many people are moving through the world with unmet needs. Many people are moving through the world with a lot of unhealed, unseen, and unprocessed trauma and shame. 
Many people are moving through the world and they can barely breathe. They can barely get up because of how oppressive our ecosystems are. And so to witness someone inhabiting their personal fire with such zestiness and joy and glee can be very confronting. And so the question is, are you willing to dampen, to dismiss, to silence, to repress that power to help other people feel comfortable. This is very serious. And there's much to learn from astrology here because the sun is exalted in Aries. So what does that teach us? The sun is exalted in Aries. Every planet is rules a sign or two and then is exalted in a sign meaning it doesn't rule it. It's not its sign. The sun rules Leo, but it feels very comfortable. It's like a guest there. It's just such a nice fit. So those who are born with the sun in Aries have an exalted sun. So the sun, the part of us that's connected to our bright spirit our creative authority in the world, our light. It loves to be in Aries. (laughs) So like that is worth contemplating to me. What does that say about solar light? It reminds us that our light can be confronting to people. It can be triggering for people. So what are we going to do about that? So to me, it's about expanding our capacity to let people have their experience of our light. Which means releasing yourself from needing to be validated, needing to be approved of, needing to be responsible for how people feel about us. which is a whole process that uh, takes time and lots of love and unshaming and I believe that it calls us to really trust in ourselves that our solar light is here to express love and not to do harm. Because if you, if you trust in your light, you know, if you trust in your light, then you can just run it. Let it run. Knowing that however people feel about it, it is made of the frequency of love, of delight, of expressing its own powers. And it's not here to take anyone down. If people feel that they're being taken down, that's their shame getting activated where they feel that they don't have that, which is an illusion from trauma and shame and not your fault or the fault of the person who's shining, you know? And it is a real thing that people may reject us, that people may judge us, that people will say mean things to us in the presence of our bright lights, our fire, our excitement, our passion. That can be very real and literal, not just a vibe, you know, like a literal, who do you think you are? And that, that's, that hurts. Like that shows the intelligence of us dimming our lights. The intelligence is to um, not have to be that faced with the discomfort of somebody treating us that way, you know? 
So something about the malefic nature of Aries can support us in refusing to get entangled with other people's reactions to us. There's a, there's a fortifying aspect of Mars, the malefic planet here, that fortifies us and helps us be in our home and release ourselves with a strong boundary around, I don't need that validation. That person is having their experience. What people think about me has nothing to do with me and it's actually none of my business. That Mars's ability to just be tough like that is the gift of the malefic. And this can be very challenging for the parts of us that are very benefic, that are very like, I want everyone to love each other. I want everyone to get along. I want everyone to see how beautiful my light is and I want to see how beautiful their light is. Like, I don't understand why we all can't do this, says the parts of me that are very Jupiterian. You know, my Pisces parts are just like really crushed by this. (laughs) And so the malefic planets like Mars are so helpful at just like, hey, you know, though, in the, until that is a reality, and I want you to still keep dreaming it, B, I'm hearing. <laughs> until the dream is into being, here, here's a sword, here's a sword that well, could be helpful, and that's Mars, the ruler of Aries, that says, just run that Aries right on through you. Trust in its inherent goodness. Be responsible to that. Be responsible to your knowing that it is, right? And let people have their reactions. And in all of my talking about this on Instagram, I just had such an overwhelmingly loud, uh, resonant response. Um, like, it was, it's, it was very moving to feel how much people wanted to hear, talk about this and hear about this and get guidance around this. Because it's like, yeah, me too. I want to talk about it all the time. <laughs> Can we please do that? Yeah. So we're inviting this in at like a, like it's been coiling in. It's been coming in all of these messages from the world around us about Aries, about trusting in your Aries. And now we're like invited to do this again with this new, new moon, like from a new perspective, like we get another chance at this. How do you want to connect to Aries once again to initiate the next lunar cycle based on everything that was flowing your way in the last cycle? And for me, the bridge between Aries and, and Taurus is in many ways characterized by my teaching known as the emergent no. And many of you may be familiar with the emergent no. Maybe you aren't though. Um, if you've joined my newsletter you received my workshop, Abundance Begins With No. And this is where I elaborate that on that a bunch. Um, I'll have a link to join the newsletter in the, um, in the show notes. Like I could even put a link to just the Abundance Begins With No crowdcast space and, um, Signing up for it would also put you on your news on the newsletter. Either way, it's the gift for joining the newsletter. If you are already in your newsletter, then that's the link you would click in the show notes for this. But this will be my third spring to talk about the emergent no, which has like satellite or like uh, branches off of it. Abundance begins with no is a branch off of it. Another branch off of it is vulture magic. 
another branch off of it is um, not every no is a fuck no. <laughs> like the emergent no has like a whole constellation of phrasings and frameworks for for what? For helping you know, locate a no that's growing inside of you that's ready to be enacted on. If you're ready to look at it, name it, notice it, and move into action. Um, and in the Abundance Begins with No workshop, I talk about like maybe you're at you're at the you could be at different stages. Like there's one stage that's like um, like you're just beginning to be aware that you have a no in your life, like a no to a relationship, a no to where you're living, a no to your job, a no to a habit, a no to a belief system. It's like under the surface, there's a grumbling, there's a rumbling. It may feel like frustration or a resentment or um, stagnation. There are these like physical signs. There's these experiential signs that are there before the brain knows, before the brain's like, I just don't want to fucking do that anymore. That's the no, right? Before the no, there's these like experiential uh, uh, signals, right? So the more you the more you get used to the emergent no, the more you feel the signals in you, and you're like, oh shit, I think I have an emergent no growing. <laughs> then the next phase is um, something like now you know what your no is, but you feel afraid. Um, and there's, it's characterized by fear and dread. Why? Because your no is going to enact change. Your no may hurt somebody's feelings. Your no, um, is going to require a lot of bravery and it's probably going to require a lot of grief because you're going to have to end something that you may have invested a lot of yourself in and that requires a lot of grief. And we are a culture that is not very skilled and sophisticated at dealing with grief. It's just true. Or you could have be on the, the side of having already enacted the no, like you broke up with the person or you've quit the job or you whatever it is. You quit drinking, I don't know. And now you're just sort of like, Ah, uh, <laughs> like uh, I need to fill myself up with something with my bravery, but I just feel like overwhelmed by the reverberations of the snow. So that's what that workshop's for: is giving you tools from astrology, and and just from like my astrology speak to support you around this. Because um, to me, it's very Aries to Taurus bridge because the Aries is the, the frustration. It is the hot energy under the surface that's like fucking sick and tired of something. And when you're not used to feeling your Aries, when you don't allow yourself to be in touch with Aries, if you're ashamed of your Aries, then you may not be noticing all of these clues from your Aries self. The more you unshame your Aries and access your Aries, the more you're like, I know the signs. I trust myself. I'm ready to look at this, you know? And then Taurus is part of it because Taurus like is about giving yourself the space to be a person who has desires in giving yourself the experience of this life that you want. Okay, we got a lot of unshaming around that. So stay tuned for the May 6th <laughs> Unshaming the Science Taurus workshop. But this is where like the Taurus part of you is fixed, right? It's a fixed sign. The Taurus part of you is going to root down and be like, I have to listen to this. But... It's going to be, it's, it, it's not going to be easeful, you know? There are other parts of Taurus that maybe like change sounds like a terrible idea. But ultimately, when you're in good relationship with your Taurus, you can trust that 
You'd rather have the change of moving out what isn't resonating than keep rooting down with something that's not in alignment with the values that you have now. Because you're allowed to change your values as you evolve, you know? We don't change them often. Like Taurus doesn't like to change often. But the reason you trust your Taurus is because it holds strong. So as we slowly evolve our values across time and experience, we will need to quit certain things in our ecosystem that don't align with our values as they've evolved. We're not going to do that all the time. It just starts to become apparent that it's time now. And that needs to happen to move to Gemini, to move to Cancer, and so forth. It's part of the like order of energetic growth. <sighs> Deep breathing. <laughs> so this is how I feel like coming into this deep relationship with your Aries is going to support you in then moving into Taurus season to help you trust like in what needs to get out of the garden, you know? And you can't know if you're not listening to your Aries because your Aries is very, very clear. Fire... Fire is not verbal. It's not, it's not connected to the mind's logics. But that's part of why we can trust it. Because it has its own intelligence that doesn't get all gnarled up in our mental chatter, you know, and our mental conditionings and stories about the binary of good and bad and right and wrong. Aries just is. It's just honest. <laughs> that's why it's malefic right? Because honesty can hurt when someone doesn't want to hear what your truth is. It's malefic because um, it may create conditions that feel difficult for some of the parties involved. But it's like, what are the consequences of ignoring that? We still end up hurting people. That's, that's the consequence. The consequence is we still hurt people and we still hurt ourselves. Because the energetic is there. The energetic of our honesty is there whether we say it or not. But then it just gets all wrapped up in confusion and potentially deceit. So it's a, it's a, it's a doozy. <laughs> These equinox signs, you know, when we get to Libra and Scorpio, I also talk about emergent no and vulture magic over on that end because the uh, polarities of the zodiac are everything. And so if we're having this in Aries Taurus, we're going to have it over where Libra bridges to Scorpio. Um, in both cases, it's about what is alive and what is dead. Because that's Taurus Scorpio right there. And aliveness is death and death is aliveness. And so Aries into Taurus brings us the no to help us keep things alive. Enlivened by truth. Hmm. That feels really good. You know, I sat down, I had no idea what I was going to talk about. <laughs> hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, um, dear listener, please be connected with me if you're feeling like this Unshaming the Science framework could support you. Check out and let yourself live into the Aries workshop. See you at the Taurus one. You don't have to have gone to the one before. It's not like it necessarily builds, but of course it does. Um, 
each one will be stand alone and also building. It just, it'll be experienced differently by the visitor. Um, I'm wishing you a beautiful window of time here at the dark and then the new moon. Wishing you a beautiful lunar cycle. If you want to go deeper with these archetypes, you can always invest in my workbooks, Aries and Taurus in this case. could be really supportive to you. And check out the Abundance Begins With No workshop, which I'll link for more on accessing and acting on your no in ways that feel empowering. Much love.